a.m. in HD1 Columbia. I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. This is Politically Inclined from WUSC News. Coming up on this week's show, starting March 31st, anyone 16 or older in South Carolina will qualify to get the COVID-19 vaccine. We'll talk about what that might look like here on campus and in the greater Columbia area. President Biden held his first solo press conference after growing issues at the border and hate crimes that have occurred in the United States. We'll dive into it on today's show, discussing the details of Biden's first solo appearance with the media. All that and more coming up on this week of Politically Inclined. You're listening to Politically Inclined from WUSC News. There is a lot of anticipation across the state as many South Carolinians aged 16 and up will be able to register for a COVID vaccine starting Wednesday. That's right, Lydia. This comes as President Biden announced that 90 percent of all U.S. adults will be eligible for a COVID-19 vaccine by mid-April. President Biden also made news this past week after holding his first press conference of his presidency. We'll have more on these two stories stories later in the show. But first, we want to begin with the biggest political stories happening across the state. We'll start with the South Carolina Republican Party, where a potential shakeup in leadership could happen. That's right. Lynn Wood, a supporter of former President Donald Trump, confirmed to the state newspaper that he plans to challenge current party leader Drew McKissick. Wood says he wants to oust McKissick and oversee the state's Republican Party. Wood has made headlines in recent months representing former President Trump and filing legal challenges to oppose the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. He says he's not seeking the leadership role to represent Donald Trump. Wood does face a tough fight in his bid to lead the party. Current leader Drew McKissick has overseen the Republican Party's dominance across the state. He has even helped raise millions for the Republican candidates and does have the backing of Trump to continue leading the party. A decision will be made at the party's convention in May. Former President Trump also making headlines tonight, announcing he will create a social media platform of his own. A top aide to Trump said the new platform could arrive in about three to four months. The announcement comes after Trump was banned from most social media platforms following the January insurrection at the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Some protesters gathered outside the State House grounds on Saturday speaking out against a recent increase in hate crimes against Asian Americans. The protests come after a spree of shootings at an Atlanta area spas that killed six victims of Asian descent. South Carolina recently introduced a hate crime bill that would impose penalties on crimes motivated by race, gender, or other identities. South Carolina is one of three states without a hate crime bill. Both the South Carolina House and Senate will take some time off as the Easter holiday approaches. After working on the state's budget, House members are taking a week-long furlough. The Senate will be in session tomorrow and Wednesday, but take a long weekend starting Thursday. Once legislatures return, there'll be a race to meet a deadline to have bills passed, at least in the chamber, in order to be considered. That deadline is April 6th. 
A little closer to campus, student government executives were sworn in this past week at the Alumni Center. During the in-person ceremony, University President Bob Caslin said that he looks forward to working with each of the new office holders. In their speeches, executive members said they plan to focus on the challenges students have faced as a result of the coronavirus pandemic and recent social justice movements, including student body president Alex Harrell saying he wants to get all students vaccinated, and that's one of his first priorities saying there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Coming up, we will discuss Biden's first press conference in office and South Carolina COVID vaccinations, so don't go anywhere. South Carolina's House of Representatives refused to prohibit public employers from requiring COVID-19 vaccinations. This took place during a debate on a $10 billion state budget proposal. GOP Representative Stephen Long advocated to ban schools, colleges, agencies, and local governments from making any policies that will require COVID-19 vaccinations as a condition of employment, saying it's one thing to recommend and encourage. It's another thing to require. It's a dangerous road when we mandate vaccines. Other lawmakers challenged the move, saying the budget is no place to implement a ban. The state of South Carolina received over 160,000 doses of the COVID-19 vaccine this week, and on Wednesday, adults aged 16 and over will be able to schedule their appointments for the vaccine. Currently, the Pfizer vaccine is the only available option approved by the FDA for 16 and 17-year-olds. Moderna and Johnson & Johnson's vaccine can only be taken by those 18 and older. AstraZeneca is currently awaiting approval from the FDA. They will be the fourth distributor of the vaccine in the United States. South Carolina currently has 98 active cases on campus and on Sunday 644 new cases of COVID-19 were confirmed in the state of South Carolina. Deaths in the state exceed 8,000 and there have been over 460,000 confirmed COVID-19 cases in South Carolina since the pandemic began. And, you know, Kendall, by May 1st, I mean, President uh, Biden is saying that uh, vaccinations are going to be available for 90 percent of Americans. So this is definitely a switch up in vaccinations, um, seeing much younger people being able to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually earlier today, President Biden came out saying that May 1st is actually the date they were going for. But most people will be able to get the vaccine before May 1st in April. Mid-April is kind of that date. I believe it's the 16th. We're 90 percent of Americans are going to be able to get the COVID-19 vaccine. So actually exceeding that expectation, exceeding that goal in an in an announcement from Biden today. And, you know, taking it closer to campus here, Alex Harrell said in his speech that we talked about earlier, um, just how much of a priority that is for his um, campaign here, not his campaign, but his now um, office that he holds and also the school as a whole is now their distributors of this vaccine. Yeah, and Alex actually sending out a tweet today and he actually listed off a few things that were his top priorities, top goals as the student body president at South Carolina now and one of those things was getting everybody vaccinated. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Many people saying, you know, a few months ago when the vaccine first came out, oh, college kids won't be getting a vaccine until August, September, October of 2021. 
2021. Well, now it looks like a lot of us will actually be eligible to get that vaccine come this April. It's definitely going to be different being able to see uh, young people, you know, in line to get their vaccine for sure. Yeah, well, last Thursday, President Biden held his first solo press conference as the president of the United States, waiting 64 days to take questions from the press. In topics ranging from the filibuster to the situation at the southern border to the administration's transparency, Biden took 10 questions from the media in a conference that lasted over an hour. Today, Biden delivered remarks on the COVID-19 response and the state of vaccinations in the United States. And like we just talked about, the state of vaccinations in the United States talked about when people can get vaccinated. But let's talk a little bit about that press conference. Lydia, what was kind of the feeling that you were getting from people on both sides of the aisle following that press conference? You know, we heard encouragement from both sides. I think that both sides um, were glad to see their president. They were glad to hear from their president, um, to see the updates on everything that's going on with vaccinations. Also, very tumultuous time uh, with all of the hate crimes going on in Atlanta. People needed to hear from their president on um, all sorts of things the border all of that was touched on and we heard we heard a lot from both sides yeah and hearing from press secretary Jen Psaki throughout this entire process but like you said a lot of people speaking out on how it feels nice to hear from your president and be able to see the face of the United States of America come out speak out on these topics like you said a lot going on in the United States at the moment I know people have their differing opinions on the press conference but I think the overwhelming majority of people just based off of what I saw were happy that that press conference happened like we said 64 days into the presidency so a little bit normal than or a little bit later than normal but still good to see President Biden out there. Biden did also address that huge stimulus package that came out with all of the $1,400 checks for people saying that he's um, looking directly um, to boost the U.S. economy um, highlighting this massive effort as well that he's wanting to reopen the schools safely. Yeah and like we said not only talking about COVID-19 but talking about the filibuster a lot of things going on in the Senate because right now the Senate is split 50-50 right down the middle. You've got 50 Republicans, 50 Democrats Vice President Harris being that tie-breaking vote if it ever gets to that point. So certainly a lot to deal with as president. Having a Senate that is divided, obviously the House of Representatives has a Democratic majority. So a lot going on in Washington, D.C. I was actually up there this past weekend. uh, Got to see a little bit of what was going on. I didn't get to really see anything uh, happening, which is good, but I wish I could have gone in and, and seen the White House again because I've been there once before and it was a really cool experience maybe when covid's over maybe when covid's over that is so nice i you know i've never been to the capital but really? always would love to it's a cool experience for, for really sure cool. and as we close out women's history month we want to tell you an accomplishment for one female u.s senator on sunday california senator diane feinstein became the longest serving senator in that state's history according to the state newspaper feinstein has served over a 10,000 days as a U.S. senator. She wrote the first assault weapons ban and pressured leaders to release information about the U.S.'s use of torture. Feinstein says she is proud of the change she has helped make over the years. She hopes to continue that change by focusing on gun safety laws and addressing drug overdose deaths. Always great to see women uh, doing things in positions of power. It's always great to see awesome women in Women's History Month as we uh, celebrate here. 
Yes, for sure. That is all we have for Politically Inclined this week. Make sure to follow us each Monday at 6 p.m. for a discussion on the biggest political news. Politically Inclined is a production by WUSC News and is produced by Chelsea Vines and Flynn Snyder. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at WUSC underscore news and on Twitter at WUSC News. The music right here for Politically Inclined is called Fluffy by Smith the Mister. You can go find other news shows and WUSC News podcast at GarnetMediaGroup.org. From WUSC News in Columbia, I'm Kendall Smith. And I'm Lydia Blackstone. We will see you next week.